Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're recording? Yep. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. We, we're we in off-season. We're, sorry, we're in training camp mode right now. Uh, see, Leafs preseason starts September 24th, which from when we're recording right now, that's 11 days from now. On a Saturday, they have a little doubleheader against Ottawa. As wow. always, joined by Josh and Jason. What is up? How's it going, guys? Are we good? Yeah. Football season in full swing. NHL right around the corner. Things are happening. I know. I know. We're we're back. Can't believe it. After a long summer, we're back. But let's get into it. We're going to be taking a look at some projections, a couple different projections here um, on cert, uh, individual Leafs players, how they're going to do this season, whether we think we're, they're going to beat their projections or come short, we'll call it, of them. Uh, one of the projections is from The Athletic. It's Dom LeCision. He always does a great job with the numbers. And the other one is ESPN Fantasy Hockey. Yeah. Right? We'll compare them, see where we stand. Try to give an outlook on what to expect from the Leafs this year and their players, especially if maybe you're playing fantasy hockey. Maybe we'll touch on a couple other guys at the end. But, yeah, see the outlook for the Leafs players this season. But first, do you want to talk about their most recent signing? Yes. So the Leafs gave Zach Aston Reese at PTO. He was with Pittsburgh for most of his career. I believe he came out of university in New Hampshire. Um, mainly a fourth-line defensive specialist kind of guy. Throws a ton of hits. I think he was in the 98th percentile for hits last year with 228. A lot of people are going to, like, I don't know. I see a lot of people that are hating on it going, oh, 32 other teams, 31 other teams passed on this guy. And this is supposed to be a fantastic signing. No, he is a fourth liner that brings grit. He's not going to bring any offense. Does not. He, he He's pretty offensively, you know, not good, we'll call it, but he brings an element that the Leafs didn't quite have last year in 228 hits, I think it was, and a defensive element as well. And I believe his defensive numbers kind of stayed the same when he was in Anaheim as well, which is also pretty encouraging. I think if the Leafs do sign him, it'll be 800K, whatever, maybe, which is less 200K less than Abe Kubel, who's a another fourth liner ish. Right. So a, a great guy to give a PTO and he's not that old. He's a 94 born, I believe. So yeah, still got, still got some legs under him. So right. I, I, I love this, the PTO idea. I love the signing. I think it's a, a, a the, in the di- correct direction and somewhere I'd want like a T a move that I'd want the team to, to make. Um, but I have problems with it. So first of all, before I start, I want to say that that's a huge. That's a really, really good sign. I didn't know that his his number stayed. I know it's only a small sample. I think it was only twenty games. But the fact that his numbers stayed the same in Anaheim is is usually a good sign that hey, it's not a product of the system that he was in or the players around him because he was pretty much in Pittsburgh for the majority of his career. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's it it's a small sample, but it will sh- it, it does show that maybe it's not the system. It's the player itself. I like the fact that he's gritty and hits. His offensive upside. I want to touch on that quickly too, just because. I forget. I think I forget who sent out the tweet, but I believe his on ice expected goals 
per 60 is similar to Wayne Simmons. So his offensive production is actually over the past three years has been similar to Wayne Simmons. And so we have a, a player who's offensively similar to Wayne Simmons, who is one of the best defensive players in the league and he can hit and we signed him to a PTO. I, I like that we signed him to a PTO, but what I don't understand is that we have 15 other we have 15 forwards right now. Three of them, maybe four, arguably are not NHL players as we know right now. Right? I think that's fair to say. I think Kyle Clifford is not an NHL forward. I think that Wayne Simmons is borderline, uh, being generous, an NHL forward. And I just I just don't understand why he's the guy to get a PTO compared to some other guys who we signed. So I, I get that those guys were signed previously. Maybe the plan is I mean, for them to be in the know, NHL. There was a market shift, though. I get right? it. Like I to- a lot I- of lower-end guys got squeezed. I, mean, I totally get if it. If Evan Rodriguez put up 43 points last year, or the equivalent 43 points last year, would he be getting... One year, two mil on in September? Pro- probably not. You're right. But it, it's not like this was a market shift that was tough to predict or tough to think about because we talked about this on the podcast. We all, we all discussed this, no? Well, I said those signings that you just criticized, I told you guys were terrible, and you told me, no, they can bury them. It's low risk. And I said, no. You're, you're right. Yeah, I know. But, but that's your answer. Those oh. signings at the time were bad signings. Okay, but... Again, the reason why I didn't say they weren't wouldn't be bad signings because you could bury them. The problem is, is you're not burying them. So if you're not burying them, then yeah, of course they're a problem. Uh, did I expect them not to bury them? No, I, I expected them fully. That if really, we got the team that keeps all their prospects down and loves signing these guys over and over and over again, you're shocked that they're not burying them. I, I I mean, you know what? My opinion and outlook of this team has changed a lot within the past year. So can yeah. I can I throw some counters at his points? Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Just because they signed bad signings with Simmons and Clifford yeah. th- doesn't mean that like Zach Aston Reese deserves a contract if they could just start on a PTO and see Fair if enough. he fits on their team. Fair enough. And second of all, comparing his offensive upside to Wayne Simmons, I'm not sure that's a compliment to his offensive upside. Uh, I think that's I, a down, downside. I, I, I agree. But and I'm just also, saying that- I don't know if calling him one of the def- best defensive players in the league might Bo- be a little stretch. Bottom no, six. it's a massive stretch. <laughs> Okay, he's a good bottom six defensive. Like, if of all the bottom six defensive specialists that you would like to get, would he be one of the top? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Of course, I didn't mean he's the best defensive player oh, no, in I the wanted, NHL, well, I to better than everyone I else. I just wanted to, qua- the, to qualify yeah, yeah, yeah. that for, for what he else. is. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think I look at him as the same as Albe Kubel, who they just signed. Yeah. You paid a Stanley Cup premium for the other guy. That's the only difference. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was coming off a career high 25 points. I don't know how he got those points. Would love to take a further look into it. But in terms of Zach Aston Reese off offensive upside, it's fair to say there is none. I didn't realize Wayne Simmons only had 16 points in 72 games last year. I think he he started relatively hot. He did. He went without a point for like 35 games or something. Yeah, something insane no, it was like something that. like that. You're 100% right on that one. I, I thought it was closer to the, in the 20s. But you're 100% right. Yeah, he started with – he also did not start very well either. He Oh, he started kind of hot because his individual expected goals numbers were getting juiced because he was jamming rebounds into goalies' pads. But the, the thing that, he, he was playing well. The thing that excites me is that we are getting closer to my dream Leafs lineup, like slot – I don't know how to describe it. Like slotting? What do you want to call it? Like Top to bottom? Build, roster? Yeah. Roster build. construction? Yeah. Like they got to do – Zach Aston Reese, David Camp, Nicholas Abe Kubel as a fourth line. Yeah. Okay. You're going to do Kerfoot, Tavares, Engvall as a second line. 
and you're going to do Robertson, Yarncroft, and Nylander as a second second line. That is a hundred. That is a complete optimal way you can build this team right now, and that leaves flexibility at the trade deadline to add an even better player. And maybe I don't know. You can bump Engvall down. You can bump Kerfoot. Whoever you want. But you can trade Engvall. What exactly? I'm just saying. Like, or Matthew Nice comes in. You want to bump a guy down? Yeah. Like, in my opinion, that is how I would run this team to start the year. And I would let Nylander and Tavares be separate because I really think those guys did not work well. And having them on separate lines will be beneficial for both of them to start, I think. And it'll help balance out the scoring on the team. That's how I would do it. And that fourth line would get buried with the worst shifts ever. And I don't even care how they do because they're three guys who are good defensively. One who's actually really good in David Kemp, who's actually one of the best defensive forwards in the league. And two guys who have some grit, physicality, and play defense. And then those that's the line that bothers other teams for you. It's not an elite defensive line, but it's better than doing Engvall, Camp, and Nylander, which yeah, made no ten sense minutes. ever. Ten minutes ten a game, minutes, put them that's out it. there. That's it. And they can be effective in those ten minutes, too. Yeah. The other thing about Zach Gaston-Reese is he's p- killed penalties in the past. Mm. We lost some penalty kill production in McKayev and Kasha. Maybe there's a chance those guys will play. He'll play some penalty kill as well. That's another little hidden upside part of his signing. But yeah. Yeah. And then you don't even have to play these guys every night. You want to put Simmons on the fourth line? Whatever. I don't even care. But, like, do a fourth line that's a defensive, mostly defensive fourth line, and don't play around with this Camp and Nylander crap again. Yeah. Camp, David Camp needs to be your 4C to be optimal, I would say. I mean, he just doesn't bring enough offensive upside for you to be playing him 15 minutes a game or whatever. Because I believe he averaged 15 minutes. A lot of it on the penalty kill, but just, for me, way too many five-on-five five minutes. Right. So, and like we saw the results of that. If you don't have any offensive upside, if it's just not your game defensively, then what are you doing? You're a total negative. Right. And we saw that a couple times here and there with him. So I think he's the best 4C in the league, if you want to call that. He's very good defensively, very good on the penalty kill. But just as a 3C, you need to be putting more pucks in the net. And that's where I think Callie Yarncroft brings that flexibility for them to, you know, put Yarncroft as 3C, try Campfoot as 4C, and then, you know, go well, find out there. probably pretty quickly, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But what did you guys think of those li- that, that line construction? It's interesting. I mean, it. I was under the belief all summer that they were going to just go back to Nylander Tavares. They might. They pro- okay, they probably will. Yeah. They and then Kerfoot will. on the wing there. I feel like that's inevitable. And but then you'll have an Engvall, Camp, Yarncroft third line that will score zero goals. Mm-hmm. And that's just it is what it is. Camp, yeah. and you'll have a Obey Kubel, Adam Gaudet, and Zach Aston Reese fourth line that will also score zero goals. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I don't the know reason I constructed them like that is Tavares centers with Kerfoot and Engvall, two players who are really good at transitioning the puck out of the defensive zone to carry that load for him, mm-hmm. and he can play. He can do all of the the. Down high low value low. touches on that yeah. line, right? Get it to Tavares down low. Get it to Tavares. Issue in front. is, I don't see enough. Like Tavares is very good at winning puck battles. You know, he's struggled the last two years. I would say in like pure shooting value. Yeah. Who's the Who's the goal scorer on that line? Tavares has to be the. I mean, he better. If not, then like he's just complete. Who's dust. the puck <laughs> battle winner on that? Tavares. Line? He's not the so transition is he player. Get the puck to himself, and then well, I mean, you, you he's not the you, transition player at exactly. all. Exactly, no. you need You're two right. transition players with him for sure. Yeah, but so, then you need some sort of finisher, right? He's the finisher. 
That's uh, we'll see. He better be the finisher. And then I like. I, I like, think I think maybe in that sort of sense, then you would have to switch out someone like Kerfoot for Yarncroc because Yarncroc is much better at being the uh, what's called the F three, where you're hanging up high and then kind of sneak down low and hit that one timer. Yeah, I just then Kerfoot plays center. I don't know if you want him playing center on the third line. It would either be you'd have to move out Yarncroc or Engvall on that line. I don't know. I think it could work with Kerfoot and Engvall. I really do. I think it could work. It could be more of a grindy line. Mm -hmm. Not that those other two are great at grinding, but. Yeah. And then I would. The perfect guy on that line would have been Kasha with Tavares. They would really just like it'd be a a grindy shot production line. Yeah. Yeah. That would. That could work. But. And then I kind of like the idea of Robertson, Yarncroft as and Nylander. I think those guys can all work together. They can all contribute different things. Not that that's a line you would probably would not want starting in the defensive zone almost <sighs> ever. No. So, but Yarncroft can support defensively a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's he's no David Camp, but he can at least support the other two who will not play much defense at all. And yeah. I think there's a lot of scoring upside on that line. Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, Yarncroft's not a super finisher, but you can probably pencil him in for 15 okay. to 20 goals. Yeah. Around there, he's always good for that. So, I mean, I'm down for the tweaks. I'm just trying to explain to you guys my thought process there. Fair that enough. Makes sense. I've I've been thinking this summer maybe like could see a Bobby McMahon challenge during the season, maybe not in training camp kind of mm. thing, simply because the way that I view so there's two Marleys from last year that really challenged for a roster spot, and Alex Steves and Nick Robertson. They scored a ton of goals. They have very good. They're both very good shooters, but. My thing was they're not that great at getting themselves the puck, and Alex Steves' foot speed in transition game isn't quite there yet. It could be. It could get there. He's only a 99-born, but his shot is fantastic, but he kind of needs someone to get him the puck. I want to take a closer look at Bobby McMahon and see, you know, because he scored a lot of goals from in front of the net. He wasn't like that super flashy finisher. It was more grindy kind of goals. Maybe that's replicable at the next level. I have to take a further look into it, and we'll get a good look in it, at it in camp because he is on a one. Uh, not a, he's on a two-way NHL deal, right? So yeah, we'll it's see. an interesting one. And uh, cited at he's twenty-five, so like, yeah, it's interesting. So maybe they do see something. Rookie there. goal record for the Marlies. Yeah, right, twenty-four. So that was yeah, a very interesting. I'm very interested to see how this bottom six shakes mm-hmm. out because they have a ton of guys. Yeah, especially yeah. this. Rasmus Sandin situation pushes on. Yep. He's not going to be signed. I don't think. He, I no. just think they're going to tell him to go to Sweden. They're going to play the hard nose on him this year. That's He's what they're been in Sweden this whole time. Yeah, He's but been golfing with Nylander in Sweden. Love it. They're going to tell him to stay there. Probably. That's my guess. I'm probably wrong, but no, they wouldn't tell him not to. They'd welcome him at camp. It's his decision. Oh no, I know, of course, but I mean, like they're going to give him the gears and not let him. No, I'm sure they'll let him come and do training camp, whatever that that entails. But I mean, like. You know how there's that December, I want to say December 9th yeah, something like deadline. That. They're going to say either take our terrible deal that we're offering you. I can only assume it's not the best deal. The the two by 1.4, I'm going to assume that's what they're offering them. Uh, 1.7, is that what Little Green Little got? got two by 1.4. 1. 4. Oh. So Sorry, why did I think it was higher? So, yeah, take the two two by 1.4 or you're not playing this year. And he'll probably choose to not play this year, which is if I, mean, I were him, I'd do that People are saying Brandstrom too. took 900K, but it's like, Sandine's been significantly better than Brandstrom. Brandstrom's been mostly bad, to be fair. Been very bad. Like, mostly just bad. So they're hoping he could be good, but he's been mostly not good. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. been mostly not very good at all. So 
those are what we think. The defensive lines, do you see it switching up at all? Mm, no. Yeah, well, oh, what are the They didn't get lines? anyone. Well, so like, I, I, I can't imagine that they're not putting Brody Riley together. And then I think it'll be like Lilgren Muzzin. They tried that a few times last year. Um, and then the bottom pairing would be Giordano Hole. Right? Yeah. Hull's still on the team, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. They, we try to trade Hall and Kerfoot every It just never happens. Yeah. <laughs> good, good for them, though. Staying yeah. power. Yeah, they're still here. They survived the expansion last year. Yeah. They, they survived, uh, Kerfoot survived the fish video. <laughs> right? That's true. <laughs> I, the only thing about the defense, you guys just pretended like Labushkin didn't play seven playoff games for us last year, which kind of shifts the line combo, so... What are it they? does, but Lilgren's another year older. I think they want to get him into the regular season. So you think he's playoffs. playing with Muzzin, not Giordano? Uh, Where he mostly played almost exclusively when he played it, which was with Giordano last year? Yeah, but it was whole Giordano. I think they want to get, give Lilgren more opportunity. I think we're going to see Muzzin Hall again. I really do. I yeah, know. I don't. It just seems to shake out that way, no? I feel not like that's... Not to start, at least. Yeah, I feel I like... don't think they're going to start with... I think that'll be very underwhelming and yeah. be a little mind-boggling, but I don't think they're going to start muscling. Here's the thing about Justin Hall. Hall we have to remember. They think he's good. He does well, he's not bad. Well. Like, first I'm all, not, he's not saying bad. he's bad. You guys just scoffed at me for saying they put him back with Muzzin. They think he's good there. Yeah. So don't be surprised if that's the I'm not saying. No, for I'm sure, not giving but, any opinions on that pairing. Okay. I'm just saying. In my in my head, where I think they, I would want them to go would have – Lilligren with Morgan Riley, if they could make it work, that and then work. have Brody and Muzzin together. Oh, they I think, did. I think you're they, right. They did try that more than they did Lilligren Muzzin. Mm-hmm. I, I I really think they like Muzzin Brody. I personally really like Muzzin Brody as a, a proper like a proper shutdown pair. I think that's important to have on your team. Um, and then just Justin Hall is the the third line with Mark Giordano. Just anyone who plays with Mark Giordano will be elevated. It seems mm-hmm. like so. I, I think they should try as best as they can, especially with Muzzin's injury history. You can play Riley as much as you want. The other five guys, maybe Brody a little more, like they should play very similar amounts at even strength. I really think yeah. so. Brody a little more as well. Mm-hmm. But even him, he's getting up there in age. Like I think there should be some more of an even split this year, in my opinion. Try to take some load off Jake Muzzin. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, they really need to manage Sheik yeah. Muzzin. Unless He's it's like a high leverage, unless it's a high leverage situation where it's like you need to win this game and you're you're down. Like, don't put like I'd want him on PK two. I, I don't want him on PK one. You know, like small things, like, yeah, small things like for that. Sure. You know, like, that's I told totally, you could put Hall on PK one. Yeah, I don't care. like whatever. Like yeah. let those guys eat those minutes. Not the other interesting thing is we kind of just we sorry to interrupt. We kind of just okay. glossed over the Ben and Mete signing, but now with Sandine looking likely not to be on the team, one of those guys is going to make the team to start. For as sure. a seventh. Yeah, it's a seventh. Yeah, it's a seventh. And, and I'm sorry, when you have a guy who's, be, who's really struggled to play more than 60% of the last couple seasons in Jake Muzzin, those guys are going to be – that a seventh D in that scenario is an important player. Yeah, they'll have camp to prove themselves kind of thing. Unless there's a trade. I don't know if they're going to have like, be able to carry – like, no, they will not be able to carry a seventh defenseman right now. Due to the cap. Due That's to the cap, point. yeah. So I – like with their roster, the top six is locked. The top, sorry, the top nine I have locked in with guys who were regulars last year, plus Callie Yarncrook. And then I, I assume because of the the price they paid for him, not that it was a big price, but it's one million dollars. Abe Kubel would also be on the roster. I think that's a fair assumption to make. Yeah, well, you're right. Is. Actually, yeah. so that leaves one point 
six, almost the exact amount seven. of Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford salary. Yeah. So, and that, <laughs> that's will, true though. That's, those are the two guys that are most likely to be sent down. That will leave you 12, three and two. 12, six and two. Sorry. Are they really going to start the year with no? That's, that would be surprising to me. That would be very surprising. We'll see what happens. Something's going to have to happen. I wonder if Jake Muzzin's going to ha- re-aggravate his back and be out for the entire season until playoffs. No, you can't do that. I mean, if they didn't, you're right. honestly you're right. If they didn't do it last year, they're not doing it this year. Yeah, you're right. Their cap situation is still they're like still wonky, very wonky. It's not uh, interesting. Who knows? There's not a lot of clarity with this team. Honestly, there's a lot, a lot of, lot of question marks in the sense that it's like. The small question marks, obviously. Like the like listen, we have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. We're 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 not in trouble at all. But like the details are exactly. not very clear. And that's what we that's kind of what we haven't even so thought about over. this in like two months. So that's it's it's interesting to bring this up. This is my genuine cap. reaction. I they don't have enough cap space to go with an any extra player in any position. Would they be cap compliant if they had Yes, twelve okay. six and two, they would be cap compliant by sending down Simmons and Clifford. Okay, and then Zach Aston Reese would have to earn would he even make the team? They would actually have like a, I think like two hundred k. If my math's not mistaken, it might be mistaken though. Maybe one hundred fifty k in cap space. I don't know. Zach Astonis would have to be seven fifty k or eight hundred k, and then oh, yeah. Joey Anderson or Adam Goddeck go down. Ooh, this is. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. It'll We're all tight. work itself out. Yeah, I guess it will have to. Uh, and then another question mark we haven't even mentioned: the goaltending. Yeah, we're biggest. just gonna f- ignore that for a bit. Yeah. Until we look at their production. That is going to be a massive question mark because not only did they take one gamble, they took two. $6.5 million is a lot to money, a lot of money to gamble with. Yeah. <laughs> with two goalies that didn't have a 9-10 last year. But you know what? I haven't we, had a 9-10 actually in a few years. Mm. So that's if, always fun to think about. If combined, they can get to 9 6 I'm not, I'm not worried, but... Again, I'd like better goaltending for the playoffs. Better, I'm yeah. talking about season right now. I'm, yeah. My mind isn't my mind is in season mode. I, I assume the problems that will come out during the season will, will be. We don't have Kale McCarr, Devin Tate. Yeah, you exactly. Need nine, you need better than nine oh six. No, I, I I get it, I get it. But I, I think to make the playoffs, nine oh six is sufficient. And hopefully, there's a trade deadline move that will address that if that becomes How a problem. How in the world would they trade for a goalie at the deadline? Who the heck knows? Maybe maybe they trade Matt Murray and retain some of his deal to, to get some money off the books. <laughs> That'd be insane. Oh, God. All right. You want to look at some point totals? Yep. Uh, Before we get into the point totals, I just wanted to mention I was running some numbers here in terms of year-over-year goals, like over the entire league. So when you look at last year's season, the first half of the year, the average total goal amount in a game was 6.106. The second half of the year was 6.47. To compare, the season before 2020-2021 was 5.94 to start and then 5.08 to finish off in the second half. And the season before that one was 6.025 and 6.051. So that difference of 0.36585 is just, it blows the other totals out of the water. As well as the total season average of what did I have here? 6.3, I think it was. 6.25, whatever. Doesn't matter. That difference... Oh, here we are. 6.038 was the total average total amount of goals in a game last year. That is that right? No, that is not. No, it's not. Uh, whatever the 
middle of 6.106. Goal, goals were up last year, especially after up. the COVID yes. break. So, oh, the difference. So, essentially, I think what a lot of people are going to assume is that there's going to be a reduction in goals this year. And I think it's going to come at about 4.15%. And the, re- the way that I got that was I took this year's goal total and essentially subtract and then divide by the 1920 goal t- total because we're treating 2021 season as an outlier in terms of goal totals, right? Yeah, and not only that, when you project, right, you, you project usually on a mean or a median level. You don't mm-hmm. project the high end. So in spite of the fact that the Leafs had a lot of two guys, even Bunting, have a really, really productive high-scoring years, if you're projecting or even these are going to be very similar to some betting lines you see out there, they can't set them that line. People will hammer unders for injury reasons. They'll hammer for, you know, a player could have a bad shooting percentage. And like you said last year, goals were way, way up. So if you're like, oh, well, you're asking me to project a number that's way lower than they had last year, obviously he's going to go over that. You have to think of all the different variables that could go into that. So this is why it's not a high-end projection. It's an average projection of these players' point potential point production. So. Yeah, and last season, eight players had 100 points or more. And one of them, that doesn't even include JT Miller, who had 99. Yeah. The f- last full season that the NHL had, 18-19, only six players had. Actually, six players had 100 points, and two of them had 99. So, eh, it's a little bit off, but whatever. Anywho. Yeah, so that's what we're kind of basing it off. We think that goals are going to go down across the league. I think that the, the COVID shutdowns really impacted team defense and goaltending as well as well as they had that two-week break for the olympics in there where a lot of teams were off for a good amount of time so i think that really caused some wonkiness and i don't know were there a lot of injuries last year there was a lot of goalie injuries last year actually too so like when you look at new jersey is there going to be a seven goalie team like new jersey where you're just going to be able to hammer for seven goals right so that's where we kind of predict that goal scoring is going to be down across the league right yeah but by only four percent. So but that not, can tr- like huge. that's when you to go over an eighty game pace. It's a couple of fewer points. So yeah, a few points. Um, yes. So I'll save my goalie stats that I had for our goalie section. So do you want to get into the big guns for the Leafs? Let's do it. Okay. So let's see the list. So let's take a look at Dom Lushish and what he had in terms of the top Maple Leaf forwards. Number one we have here is Austin Matthews. He's projecting 80 games played, 59 goals, 104 points. Over, under. So are you going over or under 104 points? Okay. I think we talked about guys regressing and maybe a lot of, you know, the goal production from the end of last year was unsustainable. But I do think there are some players that do transcend that. And I think Austin Matthews is one of them. I think... It's hard to project somebody to score 60 goals in a year. I don't think that's going to happen. So I would say we're going to be a little under on the goals, but I think 105 to 110 points is totally in range for him this year. So I'm going to say under on the goals slightly, but points are right on the money, and even maybe he hits a couple more points than that. 104 points on the money? Or maybe 105, 106. Okay, so you're – okay, so – Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, who scores more on his line, Ben? Either because you, because his uh, you're it assuming power, it's could be power, power play. Anything. Okay, interesting. 
So you're saying under on the goals? You guys are roasting me for saying he's not going to score six. No, no. I, I, am I roasted? I, did I ever say I was roasted? I was looking at his. I was looking at his monthly. No, I was looking at his monthly splits. I was not paying attention. What? I know. <laughs> so under 50, 59 goals, yeah. but over on the points. Yeah. I think that could that really happen. I mean, year over year, what you look at with Austin Matthews, and I've watched at two times speed. Well, have you? Um, all of his goals from the past, like three, four years, I would say. And you do see a kind of change in the way that he scores goals. He's always adding to his toolkit. You know, he added that one time, that clapper one timer. He never used to take slap shots. Um, just the way that he, uh, his front of the net game has been a lot better in terms of tipping pucks and all of that. I think that you're on to something in terms of more assists. I mean, look at the last few minutes in that Columbus game four. Who was the playmaker in that situation? It was Austin Matthews. He does have a playmaker ability to his game, and that would be quite interesting if we saw him use that a lot more this year. And in terms of, Jason, what you mentioned with the goals, I mean, Michael Bunting's going to be on that in the top six at the very, very, very least all year this year. So I could see a few more goals going his way. Mitch Marner started off cold as hell to start the year in terms of goal scoring, especially. So maybe a few more his way. And he did end up with 35, right? So maybe a few more his way, but that's, that's an interesting point under 15, under 59, over a hundred. I honestly didn't think about it that much. I just 60 goals is if he scores 60 goals in back to back years, we're talking greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL level. Yep. We truly are. So I'm, I just so. want people to understand where I'm thinking. If he does that in back-to-back years, that is like a total new stratosphere of player. So there's a futures bet on a sports book that I'm not, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly which sports book it is, but it's, known, it's named the Mighty Mustache King, and it's the over-under for Matthew Season's goal total. What do you think a, a book has it at? 63? S- 60 and a half for goals 60 and a half yeah it makes sense i think it should hover right around there so mm-hmm. don lachishan had him at 59 espn has him at that's not espn espn has him at 58 over 72 games though what book is that no don't is it a canadian book e, i believe yeah, yeah and what are the odds for the over and the uh, the above and the uh, it's decimal I, I just tell me someone's at 1.86 for over for over and then 1.84 for under. Those are terrible odds. <laughs> like, that's just they're just trying to rinse people. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly but. what they're doing. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter what it is. That's funny because most people will probably bet over on that. Yeah, it's just, whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it should be I plus agree. Sixty. But if he gets sixty in two years in a row, his actual go look at an actual reputable book to find his goal total. It will not be sixty-two. No, there's zero percent chance. Okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go pull that up. You guys fill some air. Okay. All right. So, in terms of Austin Matthews, what I think, I think it's really tough to say. I mean, just watching him score at the pace that he did, fifty and fifty. I, I, I think over fifty goals, a hundred. I, I think over fifty goals. I'm very, very confident in that. Getting to that sixtieth. I think will be a little bit tough. I don't think he's going to go 50 and 50 again. I mean, how many guys do that back-to-back years, right? I think nobody would be the answer. Probably not. I don't yeah. even know if Gretzky did that. Yeah, he probably did. But what did Gretzky go, 50 and 39 or something? Crazy. Just insane. But 
so yeah, I, I, I like what you're, you're thinking is there. In terms of the playmaking, like I made that whole theory up. Might as well stick with it. I think over 104, over an 80-game pace, that is, yeah, to like be 100%. All that would have to happen is he'd have to have 50 assists. So if he could score 59 goals or 55 goals and 50 assists, that doesn't seem... A few, few shots more at the pads yeah, it as could opposed be, to... It could just be a variance thing. It doesn't yeah. have to be like a huge... Yeah. You know, I, I, I do like that theory. I, I, let's stick with that theory. Why not? Over 104 points, under 59 goals. I'm going to go with that. I think around 55. 55 we'll go with there. Jamal Jason works on that line. Do you want to go over to Mitch Marner now? Yeah, let's move to Marner. Yeah, again, I think when you talk about a player who maybe transcends any sort of fluctuation in how many goals are scored each year, it's Mitch Marner. He's produced at a high clip for like a what, 95, 90 to 95 point clip. Yeah, the previous three years before this year, and then this year he was at like a hundred and five. I think he more. was ninety seven, and then around ninety three ish, and then ninety something again. Like he's like a shooing for a, at least one point one points per game. Yeah, the only thing that hits you here is injury. I think he's going over, over in points for sure. Yeah, so ESPN has him at seventy five games played, ninety eight points, slight regression in goals, thirty three. With 65, point, uh, 65 assists. Last year, his stat line was 72 games played, 35 goals, 62 assists, 97 points. If you do a 4% regression to his point total from last year, that gives you 92.9745. Dom Lashishan does have him at 79 games played, 20.9, nope, 29 goals, 63 assists, 93 points. So I think we're hovering in and around that 90. Four points for a projection there. So what do you think about that one? Yeah, I think slightly over is probably right where it lands. On an 82-game pace, for sure. That, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I might have a slightly bold take. Mm-hmm. Um, and just simply off of the two's injury history, one guy gets a little injured a little bit more than others. So I'm going to say that this, this year, Marner is going to score more points than Austin Matthews. Well, he did. It's not. Oh, he didn't last year. He didn't last year. But he's, he's done, done it before. before he's, right? he's, he's, yeah. He does it almost every year. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then maybe so, it's not yeah, so bold. Did, but in 2021, I, I could just. He, he had less in 1920. It's just he this year that he's kind of been more projected in 1819. Yeah, you're right, Joe. He has almost every single year. Actually. All right. Beginning never mind. Of last year, we did a, a poll where we said, like, who's going to have more points, Marner or Matthews? And Marner won it. Like, I, I don't think. The common conception, like Marner gets a, a, sh- a shit ton of assists, yeah, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, I put out a poll. Do you think Mitch Marner will get over a hundred points this season? Ninety-one percent of people said yes. Oh wow, they're feeling spicy. Yeah, 90, a, I was he, not expecting. He had 91. a really good year last year. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. So. I think the projection of 94 is kind of low. I, I think Leaf Sands are a little horny on that one, 90 <laughs> at 100. Do you think over 100? For Ma- for Marner? Yes. I'm going to say yeah. yes. He's been fl- he's been flirting with it like so close. I yeah. think that and they honestly if they forced it they probably could have got could have gotten to it yeah. this year. They sat him out in the last game where mm-hmm. Nylander had 3 <clears> points, <throat> which is what he would have needed that to get 100. That actually is kind of funny. I'm going nuts over here. I can't even talk. Um, it's all good. But yeah, I I think He's going to have another huge year. I don't think that line is going to have any sort of step back. They're going to 
continue to fire on all cylinders. So Marner's season last year, in 2021, part of the season, less games played, obviously only 24, he only had six goals. And in the second half of the year, he had 28. Yeah, he went on a tear. He went on a crazy, crazy, crazy tear. Anyways, and then, so month by month, though, I mean... 12 and 8 in January, 23 and 12 in February, 23 and 14 in March, 18 and 14 in in April. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> Bit of a tough start, but we all knew he would rebound eventually. Well, I don't know about the, we all, but most of the level-headed people. I I think it's quite in, like what we saw from the beginning of the year Martin, like the only way that he slumps is if just the other guys on his line just can't shoot the puck. Yeah. Worth a shit. Because you cannot understate the time and space that he gets, he gives his line mates in scoring areas in the slot. So, like, if you give him someone that just has a like a line A, yeah, that would be crazy. Marty yeah. would be an easy. Well, he, he has Austin Matthews, so even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, as long as Austin Matthews is potting in goals, I think Marner's point total is going to be up around in the hundreds. Do you think that Mitch Marner? Between the three of us, do you think Mitch Marner will have more points than Austin Matthews this season? Let's lock it in. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say, hmm. Uh, I'll say no. I'm going to go Austin Matthews on that one. We got to re- mark that down. That'd be are, are we going to do total I think that's points or points per Excuse me, points per game. Uh, do both. Who cares? Okay. What do you What do you think on that one, though? I think both. I think both are going on Austin Matthews. Yeah, me too. Okay, maybe points per game would go to Matthews, but I think points per game has gone to Marner's over the, over the past. I think I so know. as well. Just because he's he maybe I don't know. I last don't know. well, last year he missed ten games. I don't know. know. Matthews had more points per game. Last Probably oh, okay. should have looked that up before. Yeah, and <laughs> anyway, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, let's but. mark that down. That'd be an interesting one. But mm-hmm. so Marner, I think. I think Marner will hit 100 points this year. I think he's definitely breaking these projections of 93, 94 points, though, for sure. Do you think he hits 30 goals? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think... I well, think in around he 30. Did, he did, like you said, he had a tough first nine games. Yeah. Playing, well, who was he playing with again? Tavares and Richie? Was that, was that his line? Or? Yeah, I was only for yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. That was, was only for three though. games, but yeah. Yeah, so... Tavares hit the post, hit, the sh- hit, uh, hit a shaft... Marner hit the post. Marner couldn't bury on breakaways. Like Nick Ritchie was just a pile. Nick no. Ritchie was present. Yeah, present here. <laughs> he was there. We saw him. But yeah, I think I think in around thirty. So I think that'll leave him like seventy assists this year. Overdrive mm-hmm. today, they were saying one hundred and ten. Wouldn't surprise. Me. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise lot. me either. But it's hard to project that. Let's say yeah. that. I think especially with him, as I mentioned, like. Are the other guys on his team going to show up with holes in their sticks? And if him and Matthews play eighty-two games, they will almost one hundred percent both have a hundred points. Yeah, I don't want to say one hundred percent, but it's a massive, massive probability that they'll have both have a hundred points. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Eighty-two games together? Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, because they they split up Matthews and Marner last year, but not for like a significant amount of time, no. really, no. right? So, next up on our list we got here, if we're good to move on, yep. is the ever-so-polarizing William Nylander. Dom LeCision has him at 33 goals, 43 assists, 76 points. And ESPN has him at... That's not the right spreadsheet. ESPN has him at 
33 goals, 41 assists, 74 points this year. And if you look at the regression of 4.15%, that will give him 76.68. So a little bit further down. 33 goals. So over on, we'll start off over under 76 points. That was a nice. Sorry, <laughs> I just that was just the, my thought. That was uh, that was me thinking. Um, I think the goals seems just about right. It, it does seem right, but I'm gonna go with slightly over. I'm gonna aim for like around 35. And assists, I I don't know that that one could be interesting because it depends who he plays with, right? I think if. If he gets dicked around up and down the lineup, plays with David Camp, I, he's like, not gonna. Yeah, sixty points would be a dream, and a lot yeah. of that coming on the power play. Yeah, um, it really depends. Uh, it really depends on how much he gets on the power play. It, it, that one's a tough one to figure out. I'm gonna say the slightly over for goals, slightly over for assists, slightly over for points. I think I'd give it like so, maybe two or three points. I think when you look at this, it, it's do you consider last year? an anomaly or is it a trend, right? Because that was significantly his best season in terms of point production, right? Yep. His previous point production, yes. His previous point. points per game high was 0.87 and he had a point per game last year. It's crazy that like he slumped in I want to say February March area, but combined between February and March, 26 games playing 23 points because he just tore it up on the power play. But I, I, he had one even strength goal in March and he had five total. I really think He's a very much runs a hot cold player in terms of yeah. his shooting ability. That's been something his whole career. So I actually think I'm going to lean a little under on the goal production, but over on the point production. Yeah. So just Ooh. just quickly over on the the athletic point product yeah. projection. So seventy between seventy six and seven and eighty. Yeah, I think that's fair. And under thirty three. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go a little different. Like, I'm going to theorize this one a little bit. I think he's going to have to go over 33 under on the assist simply because I think he's going to have to shoot a lot this year. Fair enough. I don't think the shooting talent around him is going to be that great. So he's going to be – and we saw it last year, and we saw it work very well last year at points. There was points that it wasn't working because, as he put it himself, he was not moving his feet enough. So – We'll see what kind of William Nylander we get at which month of the season, right? So, but I'm going to go over 33 goals. Um, the total points, I think, 75. So I'm going to go slightly under on the points there. But I think in and around 75, that'll it's a good William Nylander to get, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, any any other thoughts on Nylander? Yeah. Uh- it w- it's funny that it was his highest point production last year because his on or sorry his even strength uh, per sixty numbers were actually very very si- it's the low very similar of the last two years and it's actually lower than in in the last sorry very similar in the last two years but lower than than those last two years so in twenty nineteen can you say that again so in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty his points per sixty was two and a half points per sixty at even strength twenty 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 one two point six. 2021, 2022, 2.4. So his lowest of the last three years was this this past year. So yeah. it's a big, big, big bump from the power play, obviously. Um, so yeah, the power play wasn't completely useless for yeah, half of the year. Exactly. So, so that that gave him a big, help big bump. And if if it can continue, but yeah, to he stay slumped in, in March. As I said, he had one 
even strength goal. Their line sucked at even strength. Yes. For a while. And for a while, he played with David Kampf. Yeah. And that completely torpedoed any sort of value that he had, right? I kind of find it funny that, like, you know, world championships, he tears it up. Boston, game 82, he tears it up. Like, and these kind of give Nylander a kind of, like, not playoff. Like, he performs in the playoffs, too. I'll give him that as well. But give him, like, these kind of, like, toss-away games and... He's giving you a hat trick. I mean, even think about it. Game four, the Leafs were completely out of it. Yeah, that's true. He had two points. (laughs) (laughs) He just loves that garbage time. But still a hell of a player. We'll say that. Are you going over under 19 hits? (laughs) For Nylander? Oh, my God. Way under. Under 19? He had 19 last year. He had 19 in that one game versus Norway in the World Championships (laughs) or whatever. I think think he saw that reaction on Twitter and said, I'm going to hit less. I'm gonna go over. I think I'm gonna go over. I think he's gonna he's gonna get 25 hits on all players under 175 pounds, (laughs) because that's what he did in that game against Nor in against Norway. So watch out, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Oh, watch out, Jersey Devils. Cole Caulfield put on five pounds. Oh, I mean that's that muscle or fat? I don't know. That's a good lunch at the Mandarin. (laughs) Go take a shit and get back on the scale. That's one Sunday. Looks like. Yeah, that's that. That is that's a marathon. We did that this weekend. Jeez, sick brag, Cole. Why would you say five? Come yeah. on. <laughs> there are so many other ways. That, like you show up to training camp, you do five hundred bicep curls, and you say I put on twenty pounds of muscle. Honestly, I bet the NHL average is like when they get to camp, they're all five pounds. Like the average weight is up five pounds for game. sure. And then yeah. again, by game one, it's down to. Well, yeah, you lose a ton of weight during the season yeah, just yeah. in terms of. Because of how much you're on the ice, you're not able to build up that strength. I mean, I remember just from playing half a season at Laurier, it like torpedoed any sort of, you know, strength that I had. And then it all came back pretty quickly after I got cut. But anyways, uh, let's keep it with the forwards now. John Tavares, the athletic has him at 81 games played, 30 goals, 45 assists, 75 points. And ESPN... On the other hand, has him at, where are we, 82 games, 28 goals, 46 assists, 74 points. Under, under, under. Under on all. 100%. I'm just following the trend. Over, under, 70 points. Under. Under, 70 points. Yes. Over, under, 65. I'll say slightly over that. Woo. Is there any, nice burp, wow. Is there any sort of, like, who, which player comp are you kind of following on that? Uh, I'm just using my eyes and saying I have no idea how he even had 76 points last year. Like, that is honestly remarkable. Good for him. But yeah. it did not look good. No, he, it didn't, and, especially and if, at 5-on-5. Five five. And if you look where those goals came from, or a lot of the points came from, he had, like, by far his career high in a second assist per game as well. Ooh, that's so a good point. That is something, like, that is known to be a little bit varied for some players. Some players just get a lot every year, like Johnny Goudreau, Marner does. Um, but those guys are obviously have the puck a lot, so it makes sense. A guy like Tavares, we just talked about, he's more of a grinder, get the puck off the stick, and then give it back to him somehow. So, yeah, and I, I really think it's a good possibility his even strength minutes go down a little bit. He's been around 18 minutes a game the last two years. I think mm-hmm. that's total time on ice. I don't think his power play goes down, but I think a full minute off his even strength Five on ice is, would not be a surprise to me. We just you'd have to replace him with someone, 
and I mean last year, who are you replacing him with? Well, David Camp? I thought it was funny looking at his splits right now, he didn't score a goal in February. Wow. Twelve games played, he did not score a goal in February. But he had guess how many points? Ten. Ten. Not bad. There is a chance maybe his shooting gets a little better. It's been down a lot ever since he left Mitch Marner, it's gone down every single year. So that's such an odd like correlation you're making <laughs> but there. he's getting better at face off so that's good hey look at that uh i think in terms of his what was it, individual expected goals versus actual goals especially at five on five he was near the bottom of the league i think brendan gallagher was last but john Tavares was at least top 10 so you could bank on that for in terms of an upwards upwards regression uh and in terms of i use individual expected goals to kind of gauge whether a player's going hot and cold because I ran the numbers and it's like a 70, 80% correlation between individual expected goals and actual goals. So that's why you pay attention to those. There are those players like Dreisaitl, McDavid, Matthews, Stamkos, where Line they're going to outperform it. Oh, Line yeah. as well, where they're obviously, Besser, they're going to obviously outperform it. But in terms of guys like, you know, the, the rest of the, the NHL, they're going to follow that sort of number pretty closely, I would say. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. In terms of John Tavares, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, what, this could what, be an undercover big fall-off. Well, I don't think it's it undercover. Was, it I was really a disappointing 76-point season. It was. Sounds like, crazy I mean, to say. We, what are we doing here? He was not good. He was also not good until game six and seven in the playoffs either. Like No, no, no before that. Uh, what, the useless game five? The useless garbage time game five? That was game four. Sorry, game four. Okay, so game five. Then game so five. Game, game, yeah. He had a big game six. Yeah, five for sure. Game six, he was good. Game seven, he should have had a goal. Yeah. But we all know what happened there. And then I think game five, he had himself something in there as well. So game five, six, seven. Got to give it to him. Game, for game one to four and a halfway through game four, he was useless. Like, yeah. there's no other way to put it. He was useless. But... As soon as they put him and in just, the We're just talking about trends. Like, what's the, Is it trending upwards or downwards for him? As he's about to turn 32 years old in seven days. 30, in seven days. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, Probably just, downwards, but also he didn't. Did have a concussion coming off the year last year in a shortened training. Okay. In a shortened. Heard, honestly, in a shortened. The amount of okay. excuses I've heard for him, now? though. All right. Okay, go ahead. In a shortened training camp and a shortened off season, maybe the longer off season and and an actual off season might benefit him at thirty. 30 How was his off season? He shortened? almost came back in game. Se- he was skating in game seven. I, I, the day I get, guys, everyone's off season was shortened last year, not just John Tavares. But how was it shortened? What do you mean? Last season there was a shortened off season. Yeah. It was okay. shorter than normally in okay. any other year. So Jason Spezza came out and looked fine. I get it, but the fact that Tampa had a really, really short. I under I understand that, guys. But how does uh, having a longer off season hurt him more than uh, more than anything? It doesn't. It, just, if anything, yeah, I would maybe. say maybe it helps him. I'm not saying it will. This is going to happen. I said it could happen that this short that this longer off season he may benefit from that. That's all I'm trying to say. You guys but don't have to jump. He, but on then he that. also technically played more games in this last calendar year than any other calendar. That's very year. true. That's fair. That's that's absolutely correct. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just there's been a lot. I heard he's a dad. He's out of shape. I've heard a lot of excuses for him. Uh, I don't you know. Hear that last uh, time. I haven't no, heard no. that one. You didn't. Yeah, last year we talked about that. People hypothesized that he was out of shape. 100 percent going into last year. I t- we talked about it on the podcast. Really? Out of shape, as in 
like not in great game shape. And that's why his foot speed looks to be going down. I think I, I meant for sure mentioned that to start last year. Uh, maybe because his might be just revealing something. I'm not, there's no, I have no inside source. I'm just telling you, I've like, I've seen people hypothesize this. Oh, wow. Listen, look at this one. Primary points, five on five primary points. Like this is just pure primary points at five on five. Uh, John Tavares had one less than Alex Kerfoot and he played more minutes. Yeah, I don't want anyone to think I'm say, I'm I'm saying he's out of shape. I'm just I've heard someone hypothesize. I don't know if it was on the radio, if it was on Twitter, but as an excuse for John Tavares, someone said maybe he's not in great shape. Blah blah blah. So who knows? So these second, so essentially, you're saying below seventy, these secondaries are coming down. Because these secondaries are one hundred percent coming down. One hundred percent coming down. At five on five, he had thirteen last year, only eleven primary assists. Yeah, hmm. they're coming down. That's a good point. I didn't even take that. I just kept i I keep seeing these numbers for John Tavares, and it's like hovering in and around a point of game, like with the Leafs, eighty eight, sixty and sixty three, fifty and fifty six, sixty six, seventy six and seventy nine. That was some great radio there, and that's a total of in two hundred eighty games, two hundred seventy four points. So you kind of assume, okay, take a tick off of that seventy five. But you know, when you really dive into it, they're ugly. I mean, God, you, you know that, though. I know. You remember last year. I do. You remember. It's all flooding back. That's <laughs> I know. The issue. That's the problem. So I think uh, John Tavares under 70 points. That's, uh, that's a bet. Unless, yeah. As of how it sits right now, Jason, what do you think about that one? Uh, just to – you guys both are going under? Yeah. I'm going to go over just to – stick it to you guys oh god um all right well i mean i i assume those are pretty like like it's a good number for an over under so going over under it's really just a preference i don't know i'm just gonna believe in john Tavares, even though i don't but okay that's (laughs) i would like him to do better yeah so yeah i'll give him yeah i'll give him 70 but definitely under 75 because he's gonna have to be a horse he's he's like we're saying it, but like we also really need him to be very good, yep, right? For sure. So, all right, let's shift over to defense. Morgan Riley, 68 points last year. His most since his 72-point season, which was in 18-19, I believe. Crazy. 20 goals that year, which blows my mind that he put that up. Uh, the Athletic has him projected at 79 games played, 10 goals, 47 assists, 57 points. And if you take a 4.15% regression to his numbers. You won't find anything because I'm on the wrong spreadsheet again. Nice job. So the regression sends him to 65 points on the year, and ESPN has him projected at 60 points. Uh, so what uh, do you have him at? Over under 57. I'm going to take the under. Under? Yeah. How many do you think? Probably 50, like not too, too, again, like not, uh, not going to be straying okay. too far off from these numbers, but I think he'll be closer to 50 than 60. If I think if someone gave me 10 and a half for Riley's goal total, I would, I would recommend a very heavy bet on the under for that one. Oh, uh, points. I think that's right about right. I think 57 to 60. So I'm going to go slightly over on points, but I'm going to go slightly under on goals. 
Okay, I'm going for 60. I think over on over 10 on goals. We should do a friendly bet. Okay. <laughs> but what's the number? Some ten good and a, we need ten, it can't be a push. Nine and a half. No, that makes a huge difference. Okay, so it'd have to be ten and a half. So let's call ten a push. Let's just call it ten. Ten's a push. Okay. Eleven, you win. Nine, I win. All right, let's do that. We'll okay. figure out what. Uh, Is there an injury clause in there? Yeah. More than ten games missed. Injury clause. Sure. Okay. All right. We'll we'll figure that one out off air, but. I'm in there. Morgan Riley, 60-ish points. I mean, he's going to be on PP1 again. Hopefully, PP1 performs like it did last year. I mean, all the guys are back on it, right? Um, on top of that, like, the five-on-five production is there. We, oh, I was on such a roll, and then I burped <laughs> in the middle of it. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Anyways, as I was saying, power play one, even strength. I I like the goal total number because this isn't – the Morgan Riley that we saw a couple of years ago, he's able, we saw a little bit more finishing ability. We saw a better ability to get pucks through the screen there. We saw him working with Haley wick on this as well. And we saw the results last year. And as in the well. playoffs, he had three goals in the playoffs. He had three goals in the playoffs. Oh my gosh. Everything is just flooding back to me now. Like <laughs> I totally forgot. Oh, he only had 10 goals last year. I'm in tough. <laughs> but, I'm really in tough, but I think to I'm project any to defenseman double digit goals, they need to have a elite shot. Yeah, it's very hard to do that year over year. Yeah, oh, yeah. You see that Tristan Jari shot? That was a great shot. Did you see that one against Buffalo? What about the one against Vasilevsky in Game Seven? The one against Vasilevsky in Game Seven. You don't remember that goal? Oh, I thought they scored it. How did they score in Game Seven? Marner dropped to Matthews, Matthews to Riley. Riley oh, that's what it was. Okay. I thought it was something else. Anyways. Yep. But, yeah. The guy can apparently shoot the puck. So, let's let's run it back and let's see it again. Right? Um, so, we've given our answers Jason's on. an under on Riley. Shocker yes. of the year. <laughs> yeah. Jason versus Morgan Riley. But, let's get back to forwards now. Yep. Michael Bunting. I think this kind of rounds out the top six. We should almost group the rest of the guys like rapid fire. This should be yeah because they stink. Okay, (laughs) in terms of offense, they're not that great, Um, and they haven't shown it at all. So in terms of Michael Bunting, who had sixty three points last year, uh, should have been a Calder nominee. ESPN has him projected at sixty eight points. Oh my god, (laughs) dude! I hope I wish they hung that line. I wish and they hung that line. The Athletic has him projected at 50 with 21 goals. I don't even know where to set the over under. That's such a crazy variance. Oh my gosh. They yeah, that's that's insane. There's no way he comes close to his point total of last year unless he plays on the power play. Why? Really? It's just not that was almost an, an anomaly season for Michael. I Bell. am going to I'm leaning to disagree with you. Okay, let's do a friendly yeah, bet well. that Michael Bunting has less points per game than last year. Less mm. points per game. Fewer than points last per game year. than last year. You just said. What, what was his I'm points? Per, no, no. Really? Then let's just do straight points because well, I'm taking. Wait, did, did he play? Did he play 82 games last year? Played, played 79, 79 games. I'm giving you a fate. I'm throwing you a bone there too, and you said no. All right, I'll take it then. Okay, great. Done. So what? What is it? More points per game? Yeah, love it. Oh, here's so last year he was at 0.8 points per game. Holy moly. He gets up to 0.9 this year. Wow. So you think he's a 70-point yeah. player? Yeah. Wow. Playing with, playing with 
Austin without playing on the power play. You playing think he's with a Austin Matthews player. and Mitch Marner. Well, you're assuming you're assuming he, bat- he better. Well, did he play there at the end of the playoffs last okay, year? Okay, if he doesn't, then Void back. No, there's no Void back. There's no Void back. <laughs> it would have to be an injury clause. <laughs> no, we're doing points. Wait, for the 43 game. primary points last year at five on five. That's insane. We're, we're doing we're doing the points per game, no injury clause. Why? Wow, that's I feel like that's not fair. How is that not? So you get you get an injury clause, but I don't get a line clause. Like, okay, I'm. I'm if if Michael clause. if Michael Bunting plays for any other team, do I think he'll get there? No, but he's also playing with literally. But I think for it to be the points per game, that kind of is the injury clause. Like, I, I know you're, he's, the clause he's, is he's just the then your clause, which you're, you're just adding more insurance Correct. on top I, of it. I, so. I, the injury clause helps you because I did points per game. Ah, uh, the clause would just be the clause would be unless he's visibly playing injured. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Then, like the amount of insurance you're putting on that. If so. Michael Bunting replicates his point total without any power play, he's a $7 million player. Yeah, he's probably... What's he right now? $5 million player? I hope not. Probably all around there. <laughs> well, oh, because you want him for next I year. Let's, let's, let's sign him right now. No? They should They should they have signed him signed on July him, yeah. 1st. It's oh, yeah. one of the biggest no-brainers, but they don't seem to want to do that. So Yeah, they're going to find another Michael Bunch. They will literally never find another Michael Bunch. Yeah, they will. That was literally, yeah, that, that was that's a literally gift. lightning in That was a literal gift. Like, From Toronto too. I don't know why they didn't just sign into the, the Hyman deal out the gate four by four by two and then call it a day. Four by four four years two million. I don't, I don't care how many accepted that he should be fired into the sun. Yeah. Well, his agent also Fair accepted nine hundred times, times two, two which is instead of times one. Yeah, it should yeah. have been a one year deal for him because he put up ten points in twenty games. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's good deal. Like good, good deal by your GM. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, that is a good deal. Go. Yeah. Pat on the back, Kyle Dubas. For sure, that's a great deal. It's one uh, of the best values in the league. Right I know, now. I know. Uh, so, in terms of Michael Bunting, oh, so what did you say in turn uh, for over fifty? I think he smashes uh, that. I don't know if he's. Sm- I think slightly over fifty. Slightly over fifty. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm going over sixty. Like I'm saying sixty-five. Holy cow! I think he. How does he get there without power play? He plays the full year this time with Matthews Marner. Yeah. He played 20 games without him. Don't forget that. Without, without those two guys. He also play. played with them on those guys producing at like a Im- almost impossible points per game rate when he played when they played with him, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think he gets a little bit better as well. Like I think I think I okay, I hope that happens. I think it's yeah. more likely than not that that happens, but it's more likely. Yeah, Sorry, it's more likely than not that it will happen. Correct, correct. But I still think that there will be some regression. I think what you guys are saying is perfect year plays the whole year on that line, he'll get sixty five points. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a fair. But I think there's a lot of variables that can go into that. So I'm going to say under. I agree. Uh, let's do some rapid fire for the other players that play on the Toronto Maple Leafs that are forwards. I have a I have a hot take for this one. All right. No, you go uh, when he gets. I don't want to tell you what player when it gets to. Okay. Him. I just. I'm just warning you. Well, guys. the first one in terms of point totals is Alex Kerfoot. Okay. What was his? So he's projected at 41 points. I think that's almost right on the number. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he will have the production of last year. No, I think that was. Inflated. I think they almost got a little bit of a gift for how well he played to kind of save the second line that no one likes to talk about. I. I. I almost. Call that a push. That's like exactly 0.5 points per game. I think that's yeah. within one or two. I think he's a 40 to 100%. 45 point player. PDO regression. I, he's 100%. not getting 51. I don't know if he'll 
get to 13 goals, though. I think it'll be close. It'll be around. I think those numbers are very accurate. Yeah. I think it's encapsul- encapsulates what Michael Bunt, uh, Mike, Alex nice. Kerfoot is. I mean, yeah. we saw him get better from the year prior to this year, right? Yeah. So maybe we see a little bit more. Probably not, but we'll see. Jason, what do you think? 41? Uh, 41 seems about right. I, I'm going to go with the... Just just because I'm like a little bit of a freak, I'm going to go with the over in the slightest and say like 45. Okay. I, th- right. I don't think he eclipses like 50. I think this is a big time. Like if they play him second line like last year, he'll go over for me. Fair. If there's any sort of juggling of the lines, he'll be under. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he got very lucky he was on that second line last year. So I just really like this guy just got to figure out how to – How did he, didn't he have like 19 goals when you're – yeah. yeah. How uh, the hell did that happen? It's a good question. Uh, How the hell did that happen? Let's go look. He did he play had, with Ranton in that year? He shot 23.5%. Yeah, mm. I know, but how? He got lucky. It Anyways, happens. let's move on. Pierre Engvall. These are lower from last year. 13 goals, 15 assists, 28 points over under. Way over. That's my hot take. Way over. Way over. You think the utilization? I think out of necessity, this guy's almost the top six forward on our team. So, I think... I, I think over 28 points. I don't know about the goals. I don't think he's got as good of a shot as you guys think, but I think over 28 I points. he has a hard shot. He I, doesn't know what the hell he's doing with it. I, okay, that's fair. I, I like to throw you guys under the bus sometimes, though. Um, over 28 points. Okay, yeah. I think over 28 points, yeah, I think he replicates last year 15, 20, and 35. I, I think he, he has a chance to touch 40 points. Uh, if, if I the, wanted to say that first. If the lineup, wow. if the lineup sorts up like yep. sorts out, like I think, I think. Well, if he's playing with William Nylander and also, I, I think I talked about this when they signed him, giving him 2.25 million. He almost has to do hundred yeah. percent. So he has to fill in that McKayev role. Wow, exactly. So 40 points. For I don't know. That's so tough that's, to project, but that's a big one. I'm hopeful because I, you guys think I hate him. I think I, I, I think slightly under. I think under forty, but I think around fifteen goals, same as last year. I think around there, right? Yep, that's Jason, fair. maybe a tick higher. Jason, I'm smashing the over. I want to say thirty. How many did you get last year? Sorry, you said thirty. Fifteen goals, twenty assists, thirty-five. Thirty-five points, points. I believe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he doesn't get forty then. <laughs> I, I can tell you, <laughs> he uh, he struggles to stick handle. Let's just call it that. Hey, you don't need to. S- maybe you do. Uh. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Stick handling is pretty important. Uh, so last year, yeah, 15 goals, 20 point, 20 assists, 35 points uh, in 78 games. So the next guy we have on this list, Callie Yarncroc. They have him at 77 games played, 15 goals, 19 assists, 34 points. I, I think mean, that's pretty accurate. So I think him, Kerfoot, and Engvall should all be between the – 12 to 16 goal and the 35 to 40 point. If, if the lineup sorts out, like I think if they really do a, a split second and third line, that's how it, I think that's how it should, should sort out. Yeah. Something around there. Also, some of these guys are going to play on the second power play. Like there's guys, Spezza yeah. last year, McKay have played some power play last year. Kasha. No, he play, was on the power play yeah, last year. Kasha <laughs> was in in and out of it, but yeah. I think mo- those three guys should be on the second power play with Michael Bunting and a defenseman. That should be that should just be the second power play. Keep that power play off the ice, please. <laughs> uh, next up, we have David Camp. Eighty-two games played. Eighty-two games played. Nine goals, sixteen assists, twenty-five points. I think he's going to go under. <laughs> I think he had a great year last year. I think he'll take a almost expected dip in his 
goal and point production. Last but year, that's he was right. 11 goals, 15 assists. I don't know assists. how this man scored 11 goals, but thank God he did. Oh, yeah. One of them, I swear, he didn't even, he didn't even yeah. like, touch it. And how he it scored two, two in the playoffs, too. Like, what? This what guy. a stud, On man. Vazilevsky. I've that's never insane. been so wrong about someone in my life, and I've never been so happy to be wrong. Yeah, he was, he was good. Just, he was uh, undoubtedly good. Yeah. You know, just watching him stick handle the puck where there was one that he was carrying in transition through the neutral zone and it ended up over the glass. Yeah, it happens. Off a stick handle. I David have no Kemp. idea how you do that. That, that. that goes in line with the Chicago Reddit <laughs> scouting report. If he scores 11 goals again this year, I'm like, I don't know. I'll, do the, over meat, I'll do the meat mountain. Over 10? Well, you want to do the same bet as Morgan Riley? How about Who scores David more, Kemp David goals? Kemp or Morgan Riley? <laughs> Shikes. I'm going Morgan Ryan. I think I'm going give me Morgan David. Con- <laughs> give me David. Give me my boy David. Yeah, I think you, I mean, maybe they. That get should him. be an Instagram poll for us. That's like who gets more goals? Yeah, camp or yeah, Ryan. we'll do that. People are gonna like instantly be like, "Oh, it's probably," but then they're gonna be like, "Wait, hold yeah. on a second. Yeah, that'll be funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to look at some more guys or go to? Yeah, we got Nicholas Abe Kubel, nineteen points over I, under. I would move. Wow. Uh, I I think under maybe I don't know I have no idea. Really I think I think over I think he's gonna be in the twenties but like low twenties. Okay, so he's gonna play every game. That's uh, I don't know if he is gonna contra- play every game though. I think so. You think? Okay, based on his contract. Okay, and that's fair. I think they really like him there. All right. Um, Wayne Simmons over under fifty games played. I think under. I think nice. almost certainly under. What about Nick Robertson over under forty games well, played? Under whatever number you pick. Under whatever number you pick, it'll be under. All right. Um, anyone on from the Marlies from last year over under twenty games played? I think. I think. Oh, man, that's so tight. It would be who? That's the question. Would would it would it? Mm, that's t- I have no idea. You, you got me. Would it be Joey Anderson? It would. Maybe. It would almost have to be Joey yeah, Anderson. Yeah. But he played how many NHL games last year? Like five, six. Five. So that's. I guess that's kind of cheating because he. Pl- but, but not really. He was mostly in age. I, I would say under, but the I best chance is... he's in there as well. He played yeah, eight or nine games. He did. I, I don't know if he's going to play much in the NHL this year. We'll see. He's going to be at the prospect tournament coming yeah. up. I don't know why Nick Robertson's going to be there. And I say that because the last prospect tournament, he was just way too good. He was way better than everyone else. So it was like... Is that a good or bad sign for his chance to make that NHL roster? Or does not matter? I don't think it matters. Okay. I think they're just like you're in that age range. Like just go there and Fair. score. Yeah. I'm just saying. Get your trying to up. trying to get some talking. Yeah. Um, in terms of defense, we didn't do the def- defenseman. Uh, Jake Muzzin. So they haven't projected 73 games played, 27 points. Screw the points total. Over under 73 under, games played. Under under under. under, under. The real number should be 60. I think. So ESPN has Jake Muzzin at 61 games yeah, that's, played. Uh, that's more accurate, I would say. Over under? I think under. I really do. He hasn't played any games since he got traded to the Leafs. Yep. Some of that's COVID-related, of course. But yep. Last year he played 47, so you're going at 60, push at 61? Yeah, I, I would say under, I think. Under 61. Yeah. Okay. I think I, it's I fair. Would, it's I unfortunate, would pre- but it's fair. I'd prefer him to play under 61 games. I think around 61. Like, what? Yeah. Just, I feel like I've said this a million times already. Let the guy, give the guy some rest and just have him be ready for the mm-hmm. playoffs because it doesn't really matter. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't need a regular season. I know. He really doesn't. He, he doesn't. Um, 
And then we got Mark Giordano over under. Where the hell is he on this list? I think he's 32 points. Eight goals 32. And, and 32. If he gets over 32 points. I'll I think he's thrilled. over. I think 35. That'd be fantastic. Really, Second truly powerful. fantastic. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I think over 32. That'd be great. I, I think under. Jason. But I, over would be amazing. Like 32 would be amazing to, for me. That would for be like. 800K? Oh, my kidding God. Me? Jason? Mm, I'm going to go with the under. I don't know. I'm going to go with over just because like. Sandin's not signed right now. He's a power play option. That's a great point. Yeah, I did not right? think about it at all. Played some first. He will, power yeah, play you know what? Yeah, he will. He'll probably should yeah. have played more. Yeah, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Ruins my Morgan Riley over on goals, but <laughs> let's be real. He should have played more. I lied. I'm going for over. Mark yeah. Giordano's usurping Morgan Riley for the number one PP oh, spot. <laughs> um, Honestly, though, it makes sense. He has a good shot, better shot than Rasmus right, Sandin over under 50 under. games played. Under 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 under. Okay. Under. Over under wow. 0.5 games played. Over. So 41. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think around I think around 50. Does it have to be for the Leafs? Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I get excited for that. That makes me very sad on the inside, but it's just like. If you had to the, set the likelihood of him being signed or traded, what's more likely? So can I add one more thing? Him not play, Him sitting out the year? I would say 50% trade, 25% sit out the year, 25% sign. I think it's more likely that he's traded or sits out this year than he is than he signs the lease. There's always a couple little deals before the season. They're usually little deals, depth deals, fill out a roster, someone gets hurt. But yeah, the, I think okay. he, I think he's going one year. The, the big, I think he'll cave. Yeah, the I, biggest I biggest problem is though. Again, we said this before. We'll say it again. Cap like if yeah, he, if, if he, he signs, signs who you goes? need you need a trade first before he yeah. signs, or else you're going to get stiff. Right. He's not. You're going to get stiff. You're right. You got to do what this guy makes some great points. Calgary did with the Monaghan deal. Damn it! Anywho, uh, Timothy Logren, twenty-three points. I think over. over. I'm smashing over. He looked on that good. One. He looked yeah, especially I'm if he's playing with Mark over. Giordano, who is a potent. Yeah. I think that number twenty-three. It's right at what he was at last year, and yeah. I think it's just because. How else are you supposed to project that number? Yeah, for only, him, in right? only sixty-one games. So as, yeah. as long as he plays more games, I. His tendency to jump up into the rush sometimes, make good outlet passes. Those are the things that he does well. So projecting him to score more Off points. the cycle, I like his shot as well. At He's able to get that one All those things he does well, for sure. Yeah, the things so. he doesn't do well really don't contribute to point production. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Looking at his development, you'd think that he's more of a defensive player. But going into the draft, he was a high offensive upside guy, correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, so. yeah. He was a big offensive upside but. guy. Uh, and then to close off, Justin Hole over under 50 games played. Over. Uh, over. How, how, who's over playing? under 23 points. That's assuming Rasmus Sandin gets – sorry. If you think it's Sandin's like that if Sandin's like, going to play. Yeah. That, that's why him and – The hockey math would indicate Hall would be much more than 50 games. Yeah. Over under 20 points. He has a weird tendency to score points. So I'm going to say over. Yeah. It's because he has decent offensive – He's projected yeah, that's 25. Probably, yeah, he does. That's, He's projected 25. That's probably the best thing he does, actually. Yeah. Is he has his, slightly his weird offensive skill. I want to say slightly above average defense, like defenseman offensive impact. Yeah. Like as a defenseman, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's a mouthful, but. It makes no sense because he has no hands. <laughs> I know. The shot's not that great, but he gets the job done. I he, mean, 23 points last year and the year before, 20 something, right? Yeah. He so. likes to leak down a bit, too, like in, in the offensive zone, which maybe that leads to a couple well, more chances, but. That's yeah. true. He can I throw picks down low too? Oh, can I throw the goalie projections at you guys? Yeah, let's hear, let's hear it. Okay. So ESPN has it. This is what I've taken a look at previ- uh, prior. 
ESPN has the numbers as such. Matt Murray, 17 wins, 9-10 save percentage, 33 starts. Samsonov, 30 wins, 9-07 save percentage, 49 starts. So they're projecting Samsonov to be the starter. Wow. So Well, he, you have to. Based on projections, Matt Murray's injuries. I know, but I don't think Dom does it like that. I think he does a standard, like, I think this goalie is going to play this many games. Like, I don't think. Is this under, where is this? So he projects Matt Murray to p- play 50 games. Ooh. Okay. At a 9.15 save percentage. Wow. But Dom projects that? Yeah. Where did that 9.15 come from? I have no idea. Well, I think it's just taking the expected expected goals, number of shots, and whatever from the Ottawa Senators uh, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. kind of extrapolating through what the Toronto Maple uh, I'm going to go way under on both those, and I'm going to hope 50 games played? I'm yeah. going under on that. The I'm problem sorry, is like, he doesn't put a third goalie in his projection. I think that's important because – there's almost no way that you have only two goalies start. That's, yeah. it's, I think how, how many teams in the league only have two goalies play for the And so he has Samsonov 32? Yeah. And Samsonov had a 9.08 save percentage. Yeah, he's, his career, he's hovered around there. How, Matt Murray, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've, men, I've said this before. Like, I think, like, if he can stay healthy, I really would like to see this new form that he's kind of put forth and he what he showed in Ottawa where he, he made some tweaks to his game and it apparently really worked very well, but then he got injured again, so it really shot himself in the foot. 50 games, I just, like, just mathematically that the odds of that happening are very low in my opinion. So that's if you told me Matt Murray played fifty games at a nine fifteen, I would consider that an absolute grand, walk off grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. Like that would be a if he does better than that, I'll be floored. Like nine, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that would just be like Jack Campbell's numbers. Oh, he only played twenty five games, twenty five starts. I think that Samsonov number is probably decently accurate. I think if yeah, Murray plays 50 games, you're at looking at a 905 save percentage. Yes. And so my goalie numbers that I ran from last season, well, I ran, I looked at kind of thing. Uh, okay, so here it is. So uh, amongst goalies with 40 or more starts, Jack Campbell was tied for 11th last year out of 26 eligible goaltenders. He had a 914, which was tied with Ottinger. Um, he had the third highest... Uh, really bad start percentage, which is a start which your save percentage is below 850. You need the third highest. Tenth highest in quality start percentage, which I think is your start is above your save percentage, something of that sort. The least without Jack Campbell last year. So that is 35, 35 starts without Jack Campbell. Yes, 35 starts without yeah. Jack Campbell. Their goalies put forth. An 890 save percentage, a 23-12-1 record, a 3.3 goals against average, and a 37.1% quality start percentage. 20% of the starts were really bad starts. 20% were below 850. Yeah, I I think that's really bad as well. Obviously, that's hard to replicate it's, being that it, bad. But yes, but the, the silver lining to that is 23-12-1. Yeah. With some not very good goaltending. But the only thing I think it'll end up averaging out to this almost the same number. That's maybe slightly better. In terms of last season? I think there's gonna be twenty games of that goaltending with your current goaltending group. Like Yeah, there is. Right? But 
Is those there going to are... be the first half, first half of Jack Campbell in your current goaltending group? Probably not. So I think both of those extremes come back to like you know what? I, does that make sense? Yeah. So you kind of make it to the middle. Yeah. Kind of converge to the the mean, regress to the mean. That's that's the word I should have used there. Like, but you're right. I, I you know, the point you're trying to make, which I agree with, is it's possible. The least defense that they, is solid in front of yeah, them. Yeah. Their goaltending as a whole is. Slightly better than last year when you include Wall and Hutchinson and Shalgren and all Rattles those guys. Stuff. Yeah, those guys played. So I think that's a yeah. great point, actually. Exactly. That's uh, I'm great with words. That's why I didn't say that. So oh, I'm going to set an over under for us right now. It's going to be miscellaneous third goalie. It'll be like a combination of the of every goalie who plays for us, other than those two mm-hmm. that are starters. Over under twelve and a half, assuming that I have we don't no idea what question. Oh, over games under. played. Games played for like uh, under. Yeah, under 12 and a half for the third goalie. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm going over. I, I think they have more confidence in their the, backup the than tandem. they did in Mrazek yeah, for sure. Well, for sure. Well, they do, but if like one, they didn't if even one wa- goalie gets injured, but they yeah. didn't even want to roll. They rolled Shalgren when Mrazek was even healthy. Like yeah, they didn't want to use Mrazek, but that's what I'm saying. I think they're more confident in rolling this combo right now than they were at and ro- rolling Mrazek at any time from the game seven on last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think though they they are gonna want to give Samson off some rest though. Like, I I think I'm like in going under on Matt Murray starts at 33 or whatever 35. Like saying he's gonna start around 35 games because an inevitable injury is going to occur. Unfortunately, he's going to be missing some games. Like, come on, you can't have back to back injury riddled years and then go. Yeah, 29, I think he's really figured it out. The doctor's figured it out. He's going to be healthy. Like, let's call a spade a spade here, right? So, and in that occurring, I think it will force a goalie to, maybe not, 12 and a half is a lot. So, I'm hoping, I'll take the under just in a hopeful whim. But in, if the 12 and a half comes up, this is Joseph Wool's time to shine. Oh, yeah. I think I think they're going to prioritize him over Shalgren. To be honest, he's got two more years left on his contract. Shalgren only has this year. Um, I don't think they were thrilled with what Shalgren did after that Florida game. No, where we did a good little discourse on. I think we broke that one down. Perfectly. Something weird happened there. Something very weird happened there. Like, how do you get pulled from the net but end up on the bench? It was it was a weird, very very weird. He played. He had some great games in there. He had some great games. But, you know, I think they there's a reason they called up Joseph Wool first, yeah. in my opinion. So you, under, over, under, 12 and a half. I'll go under. I'll, I'll go, go under. under. Fine. You got me there. So, yeah, the, the Samsonov number 907, it keeps popping up. I mean, that's kind of his career sort of average. Like, the big thing, like, just my big thing with the Leafs goaltending, no matter what you project right now, you have to take a look at what the variance behind that projection is because there's some heavy swing. Oh my god! For this, they have We're the highest variance. They have that. the yeah. highest oh, yeah. variance. It's two gamble goaltenders. It's two goaltenders that were thrown away from their their past team. Samsonov was a first round pick to the Washington Capitals, and they didn't keep him because they were they just said nope. Time to go with Darcy Kemper. Time to throw the bag at Darcy Kemper. Matt Murray, they traded assets to get him off of their roster. But both goalies have shown 
positives. They have shown to be very good goaltenders. There is positives in hearing goalie experts saying, hey, these guys both made adjustments in the second half of the year, and they looked quite a bit better. However, like, you know, they're both now in bigger markets. The, The spotlight is that much brighter on them. They're both in a new system on top of that as well. I think both of them positive compared to where they're coming from. But it's like there, there's some heavy, heavy variance and swing behind these projections, and I don't think you can deny that. No, that's a great point. Could not have put it any better. It's, it, let's call it what it is. It is a freaking crapshoot right now mm-hmm. in that for the Leafs. And people ask us. I know people ask you a ton. What do you think of the Leafs goalies? And I think the answer that ends up coming out of your mouth is, I have no freaking idea. You won't be able to tell until they're on the ice. That first game, <laughs> right. as I've talked about when they signed Murray, if he sucks in that first game, it is going to be ugly. And I'm not saying that's a representation of his game, but if you know anything about this market, if he's not good in that first game, yikes. Yep. But as I mentioned, there is that silver lining that like you can't forget. 23-12-1 with goaltenders that weren't Jack Campbell last year. That's yeah. pretty damn good. Very impressive. They are. We aren't going to have like those. Like, you also have to look at it. Like the strength of schedule. The schedule's gotten more even. We'll call it. You're not getting nights off, where, you know, like the the non playoff teams from last year all got better. I don't know which ones didn't. Other maybe Philadelphia. It's yeah. it's it's going to be. They interesting. did get better, but another good thing. The Leafs played better against good teams. Like, when you look at teams that they had their worst points percentage against, two of them, I believe the bottom two are Vancouver and Arizona and Buffalo. Hey, that was the Buffalo. It has to be Buffalo. They didn't win against Vancouver. They, weren't, oh, they went 0-2. Buffalo, they went 1-3. Arizona, they went 0-1-1. <laughs> so, there's another positive just to throw it at you. So, what are we expecting for this Leafs season? Just... More chaos like last year. I want to see people <laughs> burning jerseys after game nine. I want to hear you give a take on your expected save percentage for Matt Murray and for Ilya Samsonov. My expected save percentage who's right now in these? my head. <laughs> who's <laughs> expecting these save percentages? Uh, the number that floats around in my head is around like 908. Right? 907, 908. Who, is that them combined? Yeah. Okay. Like, And that's just like... I think it's a reasonable number based on what they've shown and like based on what we're getting. But I think there's a big swing behind that. Does Ilya Samsonov, who's relatively young for a goaltender in this league, does he take that next step? Do we see these adjustments with Matt Murray? Could we get a goaltending competition for the positive? Or do we get more injuries? Do we get more nonsense? Do we have to trade a pick to get rid of one of these guys? Does one end up on LTIR? I have no idea. I, I, All uh, of those are in play. I think there's a better chance than people realize that Samson plays more games than Matt Murray. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Matt Murray played 25, 25 starts in 2021 and 20 starts last year. Like, that's just, that's who we got. <laughs> and 38 starts the season before that. He has never started over 50 games. Wow. Why do we get this guy 6-2-5? Two Stanley Cups, though. That's why. Can't, uh, 
I mean, he can he can shut us out, and I'll tell you how. He takes those two Stanley Cup rings and he plugs them in his ears, right? Yep. Um, which also kind of scary. It doesn't matter how he does with the, the Leafs. He still has those two Stanley Cups to plug <laughs> his ears. Banners fly forever, baby, oh, yeah. you know? So we'll see. This will be... This will be interesting, to say the least. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on, I wonder how much the fact that Samsonov is an RFA next year with arbitration eligibility, I wonder if that goes into the decision of starting him or not. Maybe that's a little galaxy brain. It I don't, should not. It sh- it I, I agree it should not. not. But you got to roll your best goalie. No matter of course. <laughs> of course. But maybe just in limiting it, the amount of games played. Yeah, I think, yeah. Is, I think at this point, like they might not be signing the guy next year. So, I Yeah. I, like, like the, I'm, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. There, that's a chance as well. Well, I think like you could trade him. I think there yeah. would be value. I mean, we just saw Georgiev get how much, how many years after an 892 save percentage year, right? Yeah. So I don't think if he plays well and he, the Leafs can't afford him, it's a trade, right? Yep. We're not losing him for nothing. Yeah. Right. Uh, but in terms of what you're saying, oh, limit the start so we can keep that number down. I. I think that Scotiabank Arena would go up in flames if Samsonov has a 930 and they're starting Matt Murray, who's yeah, not who's struggling. I literally think someone will commit arson <laughs> based on how the Leafs goaltending has been over the past since since Ed Belfour. And I agree with you, Jason. Like Samsonov doing well and Murray doing bad for the long term outlook of this team for the future is the worst case scenario. Because yeah, then you're stuck with issues. a guy who's not good and you haven't signed the guy who is good. But Honestly, at this point, who cares about next? I think the funniest was someone took a really positive route with that. It was like before a hockey game, they were asking me to, and they're like, "I'm like, what if that happens?" They're like, "Yeah, then you just trade a pick and you get rid of Murray." I'm like, "Well, there goes your first round pick," (laughs) because yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I think preseason will give us a bit of an idea. But hopefully both are playing in the preseason. I'll also throw that one out there because yeah. we didn't get both goalies in the preseason last year, you know? So, no Michael Clutchinson this year, too, for the first time in a while. That's uh, it's an adjustment. But, oh, well. You guys got anything else here? That's it for me. I think that's all. This is, uh, it's always fun to do this. I mean, yeah, September 24th, baby. Well, we have one more episode before then, too. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go. A new NFL season is here. Get ready for the NFL action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Bet parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now right from the palm of your hand. Join the action, download the app, and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. To celebrate the most exciting time of the year, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a wide variety of betting markets for all of their customers. You can also check out DraftKings' impressive features including same-game parlays. Select a game and combine multiple bets like which team will win, touchdowns scored, and more for a shot to win big. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on all of the NFL action. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Gambling problem? Call Connects Ontario 1-866-531-2600. 
19 plus physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. Please play responsibly.